0: So Andrew assured me this morning that it wasn't because I was preaching that the church was empty. I guess the good thing is that today we get a bit of a feel of what it means to be in exile. I assume you wanted to be here, but you have been exiled temporarily to stay at home you know all my life I've felt like an exile I grew up in Ethiopia my parents were missionaries and I loved Ethiopia but there was a problem in Ethiopia I stuck out like a sore thumb where we were I was the only our family were the only white people around and everybody wanted to know what we were like. They watched us. So I felt like I didn't belong, and I and I longed for the idea of, or the time when I could go home to the states or to Australia. See, dad was from Australia, mom was from the states, and and I thought, oh, when I go there, I'll fit in. I will belong. But when I got to the States, I found that my ideas, my values, my uh, things I'd gone through had changed me, and I didn't really belong. And they knew I didn't belong because I spoke different from them. And when I came to Australia, it was sort of the same thing. And so I just didn't really fit. As exiles, we long for a place where we really fit. So as an exile, where are you exiled from? And I think we need to realize that we are exiled from heaven. Our true home is in heaven. And that's why I want to start off with verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter 2 verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. That is where we should be drawing Our main identity from. And then he says. That you may proclaim. The excellencies of him. Who called you out of darkness. To his marvelous light. God has left us here. With a purpose. And the purpose is that we. Proclaim. God's goodness to the world around us we have to remember as Andrew told us earlier that we were not a people but now we are God's people we received mercy but there are others who have not yet received mercy so we are sojourners we are travelers through this world that we're living in. And I, I love Hebrews. In Hebrews 11, I'm just going to read 13 to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had gone out from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. A heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared a city for them. Exile. Our identity needs to be in heaven. I just want to share a story with you. About six to eight years ago, I don't know, somewhere in there, I went on a trip with my father-in-law, Father in law Dick McClellan, we were traveling down in southern Ethiopia and we were at a town called Basketo. The Christians had called all of the elders and the pastors in that district to come so that my father in law could encourage and strengthen the church. That's where he ministered for quite a while when he was in Ethiopia. And one evening as we were sitting around the elders, the old guys, the guys who, had, who were the first believers started telling their stories. And one story just really grabbed me. And the reason it grabbed me because it went back my childhood. Now, let me tell you this story, only I'll tell it from my viewpoint, and I'll put this guy in there. When I was a kid, roughly, oh, I, I would guess I would have been about fifth or sixth grade. I would guess that uh, it was in that time, there were two men who heard from a traitor that there were these white people who were talking about someone called Jesus who was greater than the evil spirits, greater than the demons, who could free them from the power of Satan. And the traders moved on. And there were two men who we're longing to be free. And before the traders moved on, they talked to the traders and said, tell us about them. Where are they from? Where, where, how do we get there? And they said, oh, you got to be careful. These white people, they're cannibals. See, we, we ate carrots. And they didn't know what carrots were. And so they began, the rumor went around that that was human flesh. And they said, you know, these white people, they don't like it when you go around naked. And so, and and they don't like it when you stink. So these two men thought about it and they said, we really want to be free. So these two guys bought some short pants. They had never worn before in their lives they had to work out how to put them on backwards yeah that that works anything they put them on step number one they're closed but they were told they had to stink or smell so they and they were told that garlic was a smell that white people don't like so they got garlic and they rubbed garlic all over put garlic in their pants and they thought, okay, step number two, we're ready. So they traveled, walked several days to, got to our house and they said, we want to know about Jesus who can free us from Satan, who can free us from the power of Satan. Dad was out, mom invited them into the house now, they'd never been in a a house. It was a mud house, but it was it was uh, modern to them. The, all they'd been in is huts. Mom took them in and sat them down. And she began to share the gospel with them. As kids, we were running in and out. So what do you do if kids are running in and out? You close the door and say, you guys stay out there. And these two guys look at each other and say, What's she doing that for? And then. After she explained the gospel. She said. Would you like to believe. To accept Jesus. To. Be freed from. Your old way of life. And become part of God's family. And they said yes. So. Mom said well let's. Bow your heads. And close your eyes. And they. Looked at each other and said. What is she doing that for? Because. They had been told we were cannibals. In fear and trembling. Those. Two men. Bowed their heads. Closed their eyes. And accepted the Lord as their savior. That's the story I knew from when I was a kid. Now, 40, 50 years later, as I was traveling in Boschetto, I heard the rest of the story, what God had done. One of those men went back to his home, shared the gospel. His wife believed. After a little while, their only child died. The village was so upset with this man that they would not let him bury their child with the village children. Uh, I mean, in, in the village plot. So he dug a spot on his farm, buried his child. He didn't give up. He kept sharing, telling people about Jesus. And pretty soon a group gathered because they saw that there there was freedom. And when he had a group going, do you know what he did? He turned it over to the, the people and said, you guys take care of this. He said, I'm moving on, going up to the next village. And so he left his farm. He took his wife. And he settled in a new another village, cleared the land, began the process all over again. And he went from village to village to village. Sharing the gospel about the freedom that Jesus brought. You see. He knew where he came from. It wasn't good. He knew what he had and it was good. And he wanted the people around to have it. And so he was proclaiming how amazing it was. To be part of God's family. You can't have it both ways. You can't be a citizen of heaven. And a citizen of. This world. At the same time, they're at war with each other. I've got a question for you. Have you ever wondered why God doesn't just take us to heaven when we believe? Wouldn't it be a whole lot easier? We could go from the struggles that we have here to what we're looking forward to in heaven like that. Why doesn't he do that? Well, I can think of two reasons. First of all, he wants to work on us. Colin touched on this in his message, and I love the example of the blacksmith preparing the metal, hammering the metal, heating it up, hammering it, putting it in the water. Putting it in the oil, depending on what what stage of the of the blacksmithing process, keeping on heating it up, hammering it, going and going and going, until you have the desired result. God is preparing us for life with Him in heaven, but that's not all He wants to do. The second thing He wants to do is He wants to work through us. You see, he wants us to live our lives in such a way that we proclaim what an amazing God he is. Because he called us out of the emptiness of this way of life into his way of life. And this life is your chance to tell everyone, look at how amazing my God is. That's what that guy did that I told you about as he went from village to village to village. He said, look at my God. Okay. So God's got two purposes. He wants to work on you. And he wants to work through you. But what does that look like as we live our life? Well, Peter wrote the backpacker's guide to your life through planet Earth. Yeah. Chapter 2, verse 11. He starts off with a couple of quick tips. The first thing Peter says is, you're a sojourner, that means you're traveling through. You're an exile, that means you're, you're from that other place called heaven. But while you are there, he says, I urge you as a sojourner and exile to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Peter's saying, prioritize. He said, the things that you desire are going to be pulling you back from the thing that should be your first desire. Prioritize. Don't get distracted by the stuff of this world. Yeah, whether that's possessions, or fame, or money, or sex, or partying, or power, or you can put in any other thing, don't get distracted from the purpose that God has left you here for. Prioritize. Our job is to become like Christ so that we can share about the love of God. Tip number two. Actions speak louder than words. Keep your conduct amongst the Gentiles, the world, honorable so that when you speak When they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. How you live your life tells the people around you what you really believe. They're looking at you and they want to know, is there really anything to this Jesus stuff? Is there anything to following God or is it just some myth? And they want to look at your life and they're, they're looking at your life and they're saying, let's see what it does for him. Let's see what it does for her. Your actions speak louder than words. And then Peter goes from the tips and he gets downright personal. He starts telling them what it's going to look like be subject to or submit. Seriously? I voted that guy in. What I mean, he's just like me. Be subject to every human institution, whether it's the emperor or, or in our st- situation, we could probably say the prime minister as supreme or governors or maybe we would say premiers. For whose sake? For the Lord's sake. You see, God, the sovereign God, has chosen them to be instruments of order. And God says to us, your job is to submit. If you stand up and disobey the law, they're going to look at you and they say, see, this bit about being a Christian, all they are is rabble-rousers, difficult lawbreakers. God wants us to submit to them so that they have no grounds of accusing God our job is to point out how great God is and if we are fighting them because our rights or what we think are our rights are being taken away they're not going to listen to us when we say Jesus loves you Jesus died for you they're just going to say yeah right We are freed from this system because, God, we are citizens of heaven. But we are living in the system, and therefore we have to be subject to the authorities. And the Bible makes it clear there are times when we do have to disobey. But those are times when they, the government, tells us to disobey God. So we always have to hold God as the supreme. But God has put those people over us. Okay, the second group that we need to be subject to are, in this case it says, masters and slaves. Uh, In our case, we'll say employers. God has given you the job that he's given you. He's blessed you with a job. Or maybe some of you he hasn't. Um, You can keep asking the Lord to bless you with a job, but those who have a job. Have a responsibility to obey submit to with all respect it's not good enough to do what they want and grumble about it they need respect they need to be held in a position where we respect and obey that goes for the government it goes for Our employers. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. People can't accuse Christianity because of your actions. Okay. Another word that Peter goes into. Honor. What does it mean to honor? Honor means to. Esteem. Lift up. Show respect. And so we have two two groups that we're going to honor. Everybody. You got to be kidding me. My neighbor drives me nuts. Do I have to honor him? Do I have to honor her? Yep. That's what it says. Honor. Treat them as important. Treat them as image bearers of the Lord. And then we honor the emperor. Oh, I know here in Australia, we're good at knocking. Is it all right to knock the government? To bag them out? Where's the honor? I want to share you a story, another story of something that happened when I was working in Ghana, West Africa. I'd been asked to start a work amongst the Frafra people and uh, the mission had told me to go up and find a place where we could use as a base and as I traveled around God really put a place called Mirugu on my heart and so um, I went to Mirugu and I started sharing and and we needed a base so I needed to get some lands that we could build on and a place to live. Well, I had this problem. In their tradition, okay, they have two systems. They had the chief, who was the political leader, and they had the tindana, who is the spiritual leader, and the tindana needs to make sacrifice for the transferring of land. I've got a problem with that I don't I can't make sacrifice because Jesus is the sacrifice so how, how do I get land and, and I struggled how do what do I do here and it came to me I need to show honor how can I show honor and and yet not be part of the sacrificial system. Well, the Tindana had a special, it's like a towel, but a great big terrycloth towel that was a, it was part of the, um, his formal attire that it was his badge of office, let's say. And Okay, so he had one, but I had this idea. You know what? I'm going to go out and buy this great big towel. It's like a beach towel. Nice, thick, huge. What a badge of office it was for him. He stood out from everybody. And I made the gift to him, and and I shared my problem. I said, I've got this problem: I can't make an, a, a sacrifice an offering, because that's God doesn't want me to be sacrificing. That's what the Bible is telling me. But I need a piece of land so that I can settle among you. Can you please work something out? You know what? That towel opened the door for me to get a piece of land. I have no doubt that he went off and made that sacrifice, but he did it, not me. He took the honor I gave him, and he saw that I was accepting him in his position, and he gave the land so that I could have a place to stay. Honor goes a long way if we honor the people around us. We break down the barriers. Submission. Submit to your authorities. Submit to your employers. Honor. Honor everybody, but especially your leaders. Well, it doesn't stop there. Peter keeps giving us these. things that we've got to do love okay what is love well love is a strong non-sexual affection for a person to do their good as determined by God's character especially characterized by being willing to forfeit your own rights on the behalf of the other person. So who are we to love? We're to love the brotherhood. Now, in case you're m- not sure who the brotherhood is, the brotherhood is the family of Christ. Love them. Love them by putting their needs by putting them above yourself. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says above all keep loving one another earnestly. Sincere love uh, since love covers a multitude of sins. You know what we're We struggle when other people do things and 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 it and it causes us hurt that God says, you know what? Love says. That can be taken care of because. You can forgive them if you truly love them. Love. Now, just a word. You may be thinking, oh, COVID's not a good time. How in the world can I love someone? I'm stuck here, they're stuck there, and there the twain shall meet. During this lockdown time, this is exactly the time when you need to show that love. We're blessed with phones. We're blessed with the Internet. Call people. Uh, Let me encourage you to use your church directory. Look in there. Call some of the people you know. Call some that you don't know. Get to know them. Ask them how they're going. Pray for them. Pray with them. Oh, and don't forget when you're doing that, Don't forget to pray, I mean, to call, contact your friends, your neighbors, your contacts who aren't Christians because they're going to be struggling too. And what a great time for you to come in and say, hey, you know, you're really important to me. And then look for the opportunities to share. Now, almost more than any other time, we need each other. We're realizing that isolation is deadening to us. We need others. So be there for people. Love. Love deeply. Take time to call. Okay, so we've, we're submitting, we're honoring. We're loving and the next one well I don't know I don't know if we like this word fear okay what is fear Well there's different ideas to the to the word fear fear can be a terror of or it can be an awe of we're told to fear God you know what? there is a time when we do need to be terrified by God because ultimately God is the judge of all people. So we do need to be afraid of that. But if our wrongdoing has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ and we have accepted Jesus as our savior the fear the terror of God disappears and there should be this awesome respect as we look at this God and say you are amazing this God is in control of everything he made the universe COVID, not a worry, not a sweat. Whatever you're facing, and we all face different things, no problems. Our God can handle it. The question is, what is He doing? And, you know, a lot of times we don't quite understand where God's going with things, but our God is in control of the events and the people around us, whether they admit it or not. So fear God. Submit to authorities, to your leaders. Honor everybody. Honor your leaders and love your fellow believers. And if this all seems hard to you, guess what? It is. But don't get discouraged. Jesus is our example. Peter ends with bringing us to look at Jesus. And, and as we look at Jesus, we see Jesus honoring the authorities. We see Jesus Submitting to the authorities. Even though those authorities were crucifying him. We see him suffering. But the beauty of it is. The fruit of his suffering is. You and I. are children of God. We. Get to go to heaven. So if it's hard, remember Jesus' sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was hard for him. But he thought that you and I were worth it. And God says, you know what? You're worth it, but so is everybody else. So today I want to end with a letter from god i believe as we've had this that we that we can take this as a letter from god my child i've chosen you to be part of my root new race to be a royal priesthood and a holy nation a people for my own possession I look forward to the day when you will come join me. But heaven can wait. Because you see, I want you to bring your neighbors. Your friends, your co-workers. And even people from all over the world to come and join us together in heaven. I need you to go out and tell them how amazing I am. And how good it is to live in relationship with me, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Whom so I give you today, live your lives well so that others can tell the difference that I make, and that they can know that I can do that for them as well. Share your good times and your bad times. And use these to help them understand the difference that I can make in their lives. Your actions do speak louder than words, but they do need. The people around you do need words to clarify. Otherwise, they will think that you're the one who is doing all of this and not me. They need to know that I am the power in your life. I've given you today, live it knowing that it is my gift to you. I love you and am really with you in everything that you are facing today. Remember that together we can do anything. We can face anything. Your loving Heavenly Father. Oh, P.S. It won't be long now.